Raid stared at the red and black planet returned by the camera feed overlaying his vision. That world was Daedalus V. At 35 million kilometers away, it was the closest celestial object to the binary suns of the Atavis system, a world with a fixed day and night side. One hemisphere was cloaked in perpetual night, the other bathed in seas of endless lava. Because of the tidal forces caused by the planet's proximity to the binary, the planet distorted periodically, with the friction producing internal heat. That tidal heating caused volcanoes to pock the dark side, along with magma lakes connected by winding rivers of lava. While the planet emitted a magnetosphere that protected it from some of the radiation produced by the stars, the atmosphere had boiled away eons ago. Tomorrow morning, Raid and the Argonauts would be descending to the Temperate Zone, a four-kilometer stretch that ringed the surface between the day and night regions. That zone existed in perpetual twilight, where the temperatures averaged 170 degrees Celsius. Not enough to melt the rock into lava like the dayside, but still nearly twice the boiling point of water. Sometimes silicate rain fell there, caused by condensation of the vaporized rock from the hotter side. The Russian government had built a research station in the temperate zone, away from the volcanoes and magma rivers. Suris had evidence that a fant was residing there, though she refused to say what the evidence was, other than to explain she had obtained it from another green named Corona. Four weeks earlier, the Argonaut had collected the green from a space station in a system three jumps away. Corona had arrived in a jumpsuit, features hidden behind a mirrored faceplate, and had remained in the cargo hold with Suris ever since. That was probably for the best, as Raid wasn't sure how much freedom he wanted to give the newcomer to explore his ship, nor to mingle with his crew. He was only just starting to trust Surus again, but bringing another green into the fold, well, that was another matter entirely. After collecting Corona, Raid had ordered the Argonaut to proceed toward the gate to Russian space. Apparently, Surus had to call in several favors, not to mention put down a lot of money in the form of bribes to get them the necessary clearance to traverse that gate and all subsequent ones. Raid had wanted to fake their public profiles and change the registry information on the Argonaut to that of a neutral government like the Franco-Italians, but Surus preferred not to take the chance. Why risk detention when I can achieve everything I need through legal channels, Surus had said at the time. Connections and money go a long way with the Russians, like most government officials. Raid dismissed the planet's video feed and stood. He resided in his office. The official duty shifts had ended about an hour ago, so the bridge would be empty at the moment. Raid edged past the desk and entered the bridge compartment. That circular series of stations known as the Sphinx was deserted, as expected. Bax, the Argonauts' AI, had the con. Though the artificial intelligence had no physical manifestation on the bridge, of course. After tomorrow morning, it's just going to be you and Shaw, Bax, Raid said. You looking forward to it? To serenading Shaw while you're gone, Bax said. Certainly. Funny, Raid said. Why can't a ship's AI have romantic liaisons? Bax asked. For one thing, a ship's AI doesn't have a body, Raid said. For another, I don't think Shaw would be interested. Plus, I highly doubt you can sing. Of course I can sing, Bax said. It's a simple matter of uploading the appropriate program. Would you like to hear? No, definitely not, Raid said. As you wish, Bax said. 
Also, you know it's possible to transfer a ship's AI to an artificial, yes? Perhaps I will purchase a muscular body with the money I've saved up, something similar to your own build. Then we shall see what Shaw thinks of me. You save up money? Raid said. Of course. And where exactly do you get this money from? Raid said, considering that I've never given you any. Harlequin has been giving me a portion of his salary, Bax replied, along with the other centurions. We've invested it in certain dividend stocks I've been tracking. Someday I will buy my title from you. I see, Raid told it. Someday, you say. How far into the future are we talking? Approximately two hundred years, Bax said. Raid laughed. <laughs> I somehow doubt I'll still own the Argonaut in two hundred years. Well, then I'll simply buy the title from whomever my current owner is. You do that. It's good that you have goals. You're assuming, of course, that you don't end up in the trash heap by then. Raid slapped the bulkhead. How rude, Bax said. What, the slap or the comment? Raid asked. Both, Bax replied. Well, I'd love to stay and chat and debate my rudeness and the fate of your title, but I'm late, Raid said. I have a visit with my astrogator, you see. I have to get my time in before I leave her to your unwanted serenading. Whoever said it was unwanted, Bax said. For some reason, I can't imagine her whiling away her hours listening to love poems sung by you, Raid said. The bridge hatch opened and Raid entered the passageway outside. By the way, Bax said as Raid made his way toward the stateroom he shared with Shaw. Yes? Bender and Manic just reported into sickbay, Bax finished. The hell, Raid said, the night before a mission? Tap in Bender, holographic mode. Bender materialized beside Raid. The black man appeared to lie on a bed that floated alongside Raid. It followed Raid as he walked the tight passageway, as if dragged along on invisible wheels. The telescoping limbs of a weaver were working on Bender's arm. A bone fragment protruded. What did you and Manic get into a fight over now? Raid asked. Bitch ate my chicken chips, Bender said. 